0: Scotch Stories by Whiskey FM. I think Glenfiddich has got, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is globally renowned, isn't it? It's one of the most recognisable, most well known, most well loved whiskies in the world. So when you go into a tasting or you go to an event, wherever it is, what impression do you want to leave with people about Glenfiddich? Because I, I would assume they already have things in their mind about who you are and what you do
1: uh, I think overall I want to change perceptions I would Im- I would imagine a h- the higher proportion of the tastings that I do you're right people come with a preconceived idea uh, normally misplaced or misguided so what I'd want to try and do is to m- make sure they understand and appreciate what the brand is, where it's come from, i.e. the family that's probably one of the most important things for me because when you start to discuss family with people oh, right, okay, oh, I just assumed it, there's like seven different factories around the world that make Glenfide nope, it's still up there in Duffton so that's probably one of the first things I'm aiming to, so that people come away and go, wow, it's still family owned, that's quite incredible after all this time, and then I want to show them where our liquid has come from why it is the way it is. Because again, a lot of people who have been introduced to that green triangular bottle uh, in the 80s or 90s, the liquid actually changed in 2000. So there is a part of my role is about a re-education, re They may have an opinion, it may be positive or negative, but actually to set people down and get them to try it again in a new way, uh, or, or at least explain it in a different way. And I think that outside of the brand as well is part of my MO because I want people to understand... Wh- if you understand whiskey and you understand it well, there is no such thing as a bad whiskey. And and unfortunately, marketing and branding can put people off something. Like I don't like that because of what it looks like. I don't like the bottle. Actually, if you give people blind tastings of any of the whiskies that are around us today or from the Glenfiddich range and sit them down and say this is why this tastes this way irrespective of the price then people go alright I get it I I understand now why maybe that's not my style of whisky but I also understand that within the Glenfiddich range not everything is just a bit in fact very few of them are a vertical age of the one prior far too often I hear people Say that they've tried Glenfiddich and they don't like it. And when you delve a little deeper, it turns out it's the twelve-year-old that they've tried and they don't like it. So You're like, "Cool," but it's then become a barrier for them to try anything else in the range. Which
0: must be so frustrating because there is so much good stuff.
1: So I think, yeah, I think my job, ultimately, when I go into a tasting, I want people to understand who we are, what we do, and why we do it. Those three things. If you forget about price. And get down to flavour profile why this one tastes that way what we've done to make it taste that way, how we've nurtured it across the years and grown the portfolio and grown the brand, then people walk away with a completely different view and I, I do say to people at the start we're going to try, let's say five, six whiskies. I will be very surprised if you like all of them there'll be one, maybe two, maybe even three that you go, nah, I'm not so keen on those but I'm hoping that By the time they leave, they go, but that one, that one I liked. And that's good for me because, as you say, that there is a perception of the brand and people either say, well, it's one that I would choose on the back bar or it's not. But if you can change their attitude to just go, okay, I don't like everything they do, but when it comes to that 18 or that 15 or Project 20 or the IPA, I like it and I would drink it. That's probably my goal. Because I know that that is beneficial to the wider whisky category as well. Because if you get it right with that brand, then people walk away going, that was really cool. I wonder if that works with every whisky. Of course it does. Now get out there and explore because that's what you want people to do. And they'll come back to your brand. And you know, we, we fight over market share and volume and rate of sale. Of course we do because we're a business. But ultimately, the attitude of drinkers now has changed from 10 years ago people would come up to me and say I only drink this brand I that's my brand of whiskey that's okay cool quite a narrow point of view to live your life but
0: (laughs) I only eat bread
1: yeah just bread (laughs) (laughs) so now people will say or or it's more my point is to, to to try and get people to look at it differently so they say do you know what I've always got a bottle of 15 Glenfiddich in the house. I've always got a bottle of X brand or Y brand or that there. And I like that. As when, I, when it's sherry cask I'm after, I've always got a Glenfarclas in there or a Tam do. Um But then, you know, now and again, I like a bit of peatiness. And so I'll maybe go here. I've always got a Highland Park 12. and That's how people think about whiskey now. Or not enough people do. So my job is to try and make sure that Glenfiddich is in there for the right reason, for the right time and maybe one day someone will go and go I love them all give me them all I'm drinking no other whiskies other than Glenfiddich yeah
0: but then from what you're saying I would guess actually that's not your aim even though you are of course trying to sell Glenfiddich you actually have a fundamental desire to see people fall in love with whiskey not just your brand yeah
1: I do Um, I I I am employed by Glenfiddich but I, I I represent, as I say, the Grant family who are whiskey distillers and part of a bigger whiskey fabric as well. And therefore, I think it comes down to that genuine nature as well, where you want people to go, oh, okay, this isn't just, you're not just forcing one opinion down my throat here. You're going to talk positively about the products in front. Of course, you are, but I I just, I I think I'm I'm too old, and not too old, but I've been in the business too long. (laughs) I've seen it all, and, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work if you just bang the drum about your brand in one way. People just go, this is boring. I could read this on the website. If you have a conversation about whiskey, which includes your brand, it, people are like, yeah, I get this. This is human. So, yeah, I, I, I suppose... There'll be certain level of management within the business that if they knew how I conducted tastings, they probably would be quite <laughs> upset. But I think as you go higher up and towards the family, I think they would be quite welcoming, because yeah. it's a genuine love for whiskey.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just happen to represent one of the biggest brands on the planet.: It's huge. So I get a chance to yeah. talk in a very big way. Yeah. so it's, it's a great vehicle for it.
0: How? What can we expect to see from Glenfiddich this year? I know you've got your grand crew, has just come out, hasn't it? That's
1: right. We're actually just about to. We've never been very good at flying our flag, which sounds weird, but actually, there's so much depth and breadth of whisky at the distillery and experience in our distillers and our malt masters. That when we have released older expressions, we've not really been great shouting about it. If you, if we walked out into Princess Street now and stopped anyone and said Glenfiddich, they would just go Green Bottle. How many others can you name? Now that's it. You've just got one, which is actually I hear quite a lot. Mm. So we've decided to mix things up slightly. We have our core range: twelve, fifteen, eighteen. The, which are always going to be around, not changed, set, great. Three very different whiskies there. Then we have our experimental series with our IPA Project 20, Fire and Cane, there was Winter Storm mm-hmm. as well, uh, which were a step to the side. They weren't replacing any age statements, it was a playground to have fun and explore the things that we have in the warehouse and also experiment with how we bring whiskies together. So that's a lovely little range, which I think uh, for 2020, there'll be a slight rationalising of that range and then a growth again. So there'll be something comes out and is replaced by something else. I think the, the, the aim is to always have three expressions in the experimental series rotating. And then we have the grand series, which is our 21-year-old Grand Reserva, our rum cask finish. Our Grand Cru, which is our Cuvée wine cask finish, which is our latest release and is absolutely delicious. And there's a third one coming out in 2020, which will complete mm-hmm. that little set as well, which I can't tell you anything <laughs> about yet. I won't
0: poke any further. No,
1: so th- there's, there'll be three, three areas of play, if you like. So your portfolio uh, range, your core range, are there for those that are dipping in and out of whiskey. The experimental series are for those that are perhaps, as the name suggests, quite inquisitive, looking to challenge their own palate, see what's out there, uh, not encumbered by rules or regulations or worrying about age statements. It's about flavour for them. And they're priced accordingly as well. And then the Grand Series is more of a luxury play, which is the area that Glenfiddich have been... Slack in the past at doing so, there's a, there's a conscious move into that area or market where we know we've got the liquid that stands up
0: because you must have so much liquid to play with over years yeah. and years and years and years. A
1: million years. casks sitting at it.
0: Seriously, a million? Yeah, there's
1: a million, there's two million in Dafton. Duf- there's a million casks, 47 warehouses.
0: Gosh, I didn't re- I mean, I've, I've been up there loads of times. They're all hidden in the valley. Uh, right. Okay. So it's not in fact. Not wait, just wait, wait, there. The,
1: the Fiddick River has now, uh, although it's our namesake, it's also our nemesis as well because there's a, a left hand turn as it heads towards the spay and that is the end of the valley for us. We can't build on the other side. The ground's not right, and we've now so we've now taken up all the space. We are using some warehousing down at our Gervin site, which has two million casks at it Uh, good grief bearing in mind gervin produces 114 million liters a year we're 14 million liters a year so there's 100 million more liters gets pushed out of gervin which is their grain distillery so yeah there's two million casks
0: which shouldn't be a surprise given you are one of the biggest distilleries in the world yes but then when you're doing these experimental more niche ranges actually send who, who is it who picks the liquid for them
1: Oh, well Brian Kinsman's our malt master yeah. he's the 6th malt master in, in the David Stewart prior to him mm-hmm. then there was Robertson before David and then I believe it was family members prior to that well William and William's son Charles I think on the end of that so it's quite a short run to you know, 6 people in 132 years picking liquid and the advantage we have is because we're not answering to shareholders, come the end of a year, it's the family that decides how much money is going to be taken out of that. Therefore, it's not the case of we better put something to bottle and sell it. Some of the casks that we've got that I've seen at the distillery are jaw-dropping. And it's not the fact that you look at just the age. You'll suddenly look and go, "Oh wait a minute, there's a whole row of them. You know, it's, it's incredible. And that comes down to, one, good stock management but also just holding on to things we stopped selling to independents in the late 80s I think was the last sort of casks that went out that would be bottled by independent bottlers so we then that makes a big difference you're then retaining quite a lot of stock for yourself and that decision is obviously coming to fruition now mm. because we do have shall we try this or, Brian puts down five or six different experiments a year and has been for the last ten years so we see the experimental series with four or five expressions or skews. But the warehouses are filled, filled with things that you can walk past. And I've, we've been around with Brian, and Brian will look at something and go, this is fun, we can't call it whiskey anymore, unfortunately, because I moved into a cask which isn't, you know... One of the new, right casks. One of the yeah. right casks. Yeah. He said, but it was a great flavour. So I'm like, well, wow, that's a 350 litre cask of whiskey which you're not allowed to sell anymore. There's very few distilleries out there would just say, that's okay. We'll just write that off to experimentation.
0: So what, what will he do with it? Pop in every day for a Yeah, <laughs> for a the ambassadors
1: know where it is. <laughs> uh, the rules might change one day. Mm-hmm. These are ongoing. They're good flavour profile points as well. So mm. you can see what your liquid does in certain styles of cask. I
0: was very interested because obviously during the Fesh, we had the Boonahaven champagne cask and then now we've got the the grand coup which yeah. is in i think cuvee casks,
1: casks rather
0: than saying sparkling wine or champagne cask because
1: there's no such cask as a champagne cask it doesn't mm-hmm. exist if you yeah. put something fizzy into oak it blows up <laughs> <laughs> it's quite simple physics um, so yeah they i think they got their hands royally slapped for that didn't they they did um we were very, very clear, although there was a little bit of lazy journalism when the product first came out of cut and pasting, tasting notes, mentioning champagne casks. We have never mentioned a champagne casks. The cuvee wines um, are the wines that some champagne houses will take direct from the growers and then rest in oak, French oak casks before then taking it on to become champagne in bottle, second fermentation. Mm-hmm. We've used the casks. It's as simple as that. So they're they're basically it's a white French wine cask finish of exceptional quality, both the wood and the previous content.
0: Mm. I've heard amazing things about the crew. I've heard it's absolutely delicious. It,
1: it really is. It's a subtle, and this is Glenfiddich through and through we have sherry cask whiskies i've tried a 1958 100% first fill sherry butt it's incredible but is it glenfiddich anymore no it's, there's so many layers of rich fruit and tannins and wood spice in there that that classic example of what we expect glenfiddich to be has has gone actually if you look at our private vintage range which you know casks from the 60s all the way through the 70s into the 80s they're pretty much all in American oak because that just gives us the space and the 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 flexibility to allow the distillery character to still come through and actually it it creates my favorite style of whiskies, which are as I said earlier those salty coastal fresh notes and Glenfiddich gets to about 19 years old in just a bourbon cask something magical happens that green grassy note that's prevalent in our new make suddenly comes back it just it's almost as if over the years the oak puts little layers of jumpers over the new make and as it gets to a certain age they start falling back off again (laughs) they've developed into something really different um and you know our older series if you look at the whiskies, apart from our 30, 40, 50 year old, quite often when we're releasing what we think are ex- exemplify what the distillery does, it's American oak. Nice and soft, nice and light, um, and mm. starts to get this little salty bite to it, which I absolutely adore.
0: Mm. Bringing things to a close, Mark, if you were to encourage our listeners to try one particular release of Glenfiddich right now, what would it be, and how can they get their hands on it?
1: So I'd say 23-year-old Grand Cru, uh, which you'll find if... Well, all good whiskey bars should be stocking it already. Um, but your whiskey stores as well, your independent specialist retailers, they'll they'll certainly have some. Mm-hmm. But if you can get hold of some, it, it, I think it really is... And if your listeners have tried Winter Storm, which was our Canadian ice wine cask finish limited edition in the white ceramic bottle, the way I describe Grand Cru is everything that Winter Storm was, with the volume turned up in all the right places, it it just, that creamy wave um, of sort of butteriness that comes through, salted butter that comes through on uh, right at the end of Winter Storm, it just is it's, it's much more prevalent in Grand Cru. I mean, when I've given glasses of it to people, they're like, "This, this is this is delicious. This is incredible." You know, it's—it's—it really is a beautiful whisky. Uh, I, I would challenge most people that even thought that they weren't whisky drinkers to give it a go and just forget about whisky because it comes across almost like a fortified wine. But balanced out so beautifully.
0: What's the re- retail price on it? Two twenty. Two
1: twenty. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if they'll have some here in the Scotch Bar. Uh, it's probably the most expensive ad- a dram in Edinburgh, mm. and we can wander around <laughs> uh, a couple of kilometres and probably find other places stocking it as well. Uh, it's not a limited edition, so it's it's well worth well worth trying. The other one I would say is <laughs> Project Twenty or XX, as a lot of people call it, the black bottle with the gold thumbprint yes, on the front. yeah. 20 ambassadors put it together, including myself. An unusual way of creating the whiskey, It worked out well. It's very complex. It's a, a marriage of 17 bourbon casks, two sherry casks, a port cask, all different ages, all picked completely at random. Left at 47% ABV and non-chill filtered. So... You've got Grand Cru at 220 with its classic Glenfiddich notes, delicate, exceptional finesse, just wonderful. £220 a bottle. Project 20, really interesting, a whiskey drinker's whiskey, lots of layers going on, uh, a dash of water will sweeten it up somewhat. £50 a bottle.
0: Which is very, very good
1: value. Yeah. So, two opposite ends of the sort of whiskey scale there. I think showcasing Glenfiddich in slightly different ways, Grand Cru is a very classic style, and Project 20 is our fun experimental style.
0: Mark, thank you so much for spending so much time with me. My pleasure. It's been fun, really fun. Thank you very, very much. And I'm sure you can find Mark on Instagram. I'm sure you've got all sorts of interesting things for people to see there. Um, If you've got more questions for him, let us know. Thank you very much for listening. Mark, thank you for being here. Thank you. Have a lovely day.